Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. <laughs> 3C Potty Shop, the finest in collision repair. Hi, this is Texas Rangers field reporter Emily Jones, and you're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Whoa, Ranger Report. Oh, Ranger Report. If you want the inside scoop, listen to the Ranger. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and CJ Berryman. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. Welcome to the Range Report Podcast. I am CJ Berryman. You can find me at CJB underscore RR on the Twitter box, you know, thingamajiggy. And you, we are also represented by Walton's. Walton's everything but the meat. We're also represented by Dallas Sports Nation. And we have a special guest today. Unfortunately, Ben is not here. He's too busy adulting while I play on the podcast. And we have Rangers field reporter Emily Jones, how you doing today, Em? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. Adulting sucks for sure. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, uh, Texas Tech alum and former Plainview la- Dam Lady Dam Bulldog. Yeah, angry red. Enough said. You don't even remember that. You're too young. But that was our <laughs> that was our uh, our slogan when I was I think in like junior high. It was angry red. Enough said. And then we just just went to straight bulldogs. Go herd. Go, go herd. <laughs> good boys from there. Hodges boys are good boys. Slade and Cody. Yeah, y'all can't see this, but we are on Zoom and I'm wearing my Hereford gear. Emily's not wearing her plain view gear because she's not representing. I'm not representing. I'm always representing. <laughs> Bulldogs are forever in my heart, for sure. <laughs> All right. And so um, actually last week you uh, you dodged the bullet. Uh, I think you were, you should be a meteorologist on the side because all that nasty weather came in and you got the hell out of Dodge. So talk about your vacation. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it, it was definitely it was definitely planned. We had a wedding to go to and they got married on two two twenty two, so we've had the flight book, flights booked forever. But I was not upset about the timing of uh, of that trip for sure. How was the weather down there? It was beautiful. It was perfect. It was great. It was hard to come home, but. Um, Missed my kids. So it was, uh, 
you know, I could find the the positives on both sides. Great to get away, but good to come home. Right on. Well, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about the lockout. You gave me the green light. You're, you're willing to talk about it. Um, that's, let's just go ahead and say it. It's a pain in the ass. Um, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's super unfortunate and you know, it's, it's part of the game. It's, it's part of the business side of this thing. And unfortunately you've got to get to like the edge of the cliff before you start doing anything. And I think that's what we've seen here. I think that's what you see with the vast majority of labor negotiations. And it just sucks because our our game at this point in time can't really afford to take (laughs) a whole lot of hits. And, you know, and the way this is done somewhat publicly is not a good look for the game itself. Um, You know, but I, I can see, I mean, I guess I can see both sides of it. I tend to, you know, because I'm not a billionaire, I tend to, you know, side with the players on most things. Um, just because they're a little more relatable, I guess. I, I have a hard time even grasping the whole, you know, wealth situation of the, you know, the 32 owners in Major League Baseball. And so, you know, it's just it, it's just unfortunate. And I, I'm so ready to just put this behind us and not have to deal with it for a while. And we can just think about, you know, baseball, especially this offseason, since the Rangers, you know, actually did some really cool stuff. Um, very cool it, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it just sucked because we, you know, we were so excited and we get to meet all these new players that are going to make an impact. And then it's like, Oh, and now you can't, you know, talk about them. We can't, and it just, it's just not fun, but I'm still so thrilled about the moves that the Rangers made. I don't think they're done. Um, and I'm just ready to get on to baseball. Yeah. And the Rob Manford came out and said some things yesterday. Obviously the first parts were scripted uh, by the owners and he's pretty much importing things and they were all really good, but they're, they're, they're making some headway. And I know revenue sharing is going to be a big deal and we're not going to get into that whole thing. But then when it came to open mic time, Rob Manford stuck his foot in his mouth many, many, many times. And I'm not going to get into my disdain for Rob Manford. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on, on what, what he said yesterday. Well, I mean, it's, it's not like it's a, I mean, other than the paycheck, I would assume that it's not the most desirable position to be in, (laughs) especially during a labor dispute. And so, you know, he's trying to, you know, find that balance of like representing the the game as a whole, but still being beholden to the owners. And so he's walking this tightrope that's virtually impossible. Um, But I just wish that I guess we just operated in more transparency um, not even just in baseball, but like life in general, like that's just, it's, you know, I am pretty transparent in my thoughts and my opinions and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean people, you know, everyone's going to agree with me or whatever, but I feel like if you're convicted in your, in your thoughts and, and you're convicted in your beliefs that, you know, you shouldn't have a problem just being transparent about it. And I realize that there's a lot of factors that go into it, but, you know, um, you would just like to see a, a little less, maybe um, uh, like double talk, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So, but I mean, listen, I don't know of any commissioner of any sport that hasn't had to, to play both sides or, you know, it not exactly makes sense. Maybe when he's talking because of something he said pre- previously, or, you know, would have to change later. I, you know, it, it's, it's a very complicated issue, but you know, I, I'm just ready for the whole thing to be over. Yeah. And, and one thing that killed me, and then we'll move on from this, but one thing that killed me, I want your thoughts on it. When he said that you better up, you'd be better off playing the stock market than being an MLB owner. That's BS. Oh yeah. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. I mean, the, the value it's with, you know, most professional sports franchises, I would assume, I mean, like, it's at, you know, the highest level at, at the major league level, um, you know, these, these, the, the values of them increase the, the second you, you know, you sign on as owner. So yeah, that's, and that's just not true. <laughs> and um, I can't imagine that anyone in their right mind would buy that. Um, and I don't think anyone's feeling sorry for these dudes. Um, you know, and, and, and I, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> so no. I can't imagine they're going to convince anyone to, uh, to pity these, you know, billionaire owners. Well, you need to look at how you look at how much it's, it's astronomically grown since George Steinbrenner. And I use this example in our podcast today that we, uh, we did last night, George Steinbrenner bought the Yankees for $15 million. You know how many Yankees franchises that Corey Seager can now buy with his own salary? Zero. Oh, it, back then. Back then, back then. Oh, I was like, you can't, you can't afford the Yankees. No, 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 not big. Uh, no, no I can't do the math, but it's a lot. You're asking me <laughs> to do math, and that's not going to happen. But yes, could, multiple times could, over. With one year salary, he could buy three Yankees teams back yeah, then. Yeah, from yeah. So, so to give me it that, is. yes, it's not going down. Yeah. No. All right. So let's transition to kind of your career. And I mean, you've, you've had a long illustrious career and you're, you're a fan favorite and, and we, we love seeing you uh, on the, on the TV. And um, how difficult is it though, to, to grow into relationships with guys like Elvis and Rugi and, and like this last year in one season, have them uh, depart and go to other teams. I mean, it's just, it's gotta be difficult. Yeah, it's hard. And it's, it's been hard since I started. And once I, you know, I got here in 2004 and then really started covering the team pretty closely in Bucks last year. So that would have been 2006. Um, to me, I've, I've been around the organization for almost 20 years. And, um, you know, in that time, when you spend that amount of time with, you know, with people, with, you know, coaches, players, their families, uh, the staff, all that kind of stuff, you, you develop those relationships and they're, they're, they're real. Um, you know, the care that you have for them, the, the desire that you have for them to succeed um, and want them to do well so badly. And it's, you know, it was hard. I remember when Michael Young got traded, I felt like he was kind of my caretaker in the clubhouse. And, you know, the, the, the thought of him being gone was kind of terrifying to me. Fortunately, at that point in time, Adrian was on the scene. And so, and Adrian took great care of me. And, you know, then, you know, and then kind of, you know, there was two really separate times in my career. And, and one of the first was when I first got here and a, a lot of those guys were like brothers. I mean, like we were in similar life places. We were having kids, we were um, getting married, having all that stuff. And we were all kind of in the same relatively close age range. I mean, it was, you know, Ian Kinsler and Michael Young and Colby Lewis and, um, you know, all these guys that we could shoot the shit and talk about kids and, you know, what all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I kind of looked up and those guys were gone and Derek Collins calling me mom. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so um, I did take on more of like a nurturing role with the younger guys, with guys like Elvis and Ruby and um, Joey and um, Nomar Mazzara, Delino DeShields. Like I can't even name all of them, but, you know, to where I, I, and it was, you know, and, and obviously I wanted Michael and Ian and Colby and um, Nap and all those guys to succeed, obviously. But like when it's when you have that kind of um, mother son type relationship that I had with that I still have with Ruby and Elvis and 
Joey, the, the desire for them to do good and, and want good things for them and be protective of them. Um, it's a different type of, it's a different type of relationship. And, um, and so when those guys went, it was, it was hard. I mean, with Ruby and with Elvis, um, and then Joey, I mean, I sat in the dugout and cried, you know, I've been right before the game and, um, it just was, it's, it, it is, it's hard. And, you know, they always say, I mean, I remember being taught in journalism, you know, when I was in college, like you can't get emotionally attached and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I mean, if this, I mean, like, if it was like political, if I was a political reporter or something like that, maybe I might think differently, but I'm like, it's just sports. And the reason I got into it is because I love it. And this is the team I grew up with. Like I was a Rangers fan growing up. I mean, my godfather was Mike Hargrove. We loved the Rangers. They, we loved all of our Texas teams. And so the idea that I would get to cover them as a part of my job was a dream come true. And you're crazy if you think, you know, you're not going to get emotionally attached, whether you're, you know, working for the team or not working for the team. And so, you know, for me, that was something I, I bucked pretty early on um, after getting here. And it was the same way when I covered tech, you know, I mean, I, I was invested in that program. That's where I went to college like that. I wanted them to do well. Does it mean I'm going to tell you that, you know, the Rangers won seven to three when really they lost six to four? No, I mean, I can still be objective. Um, while having those emotions and while having those relationships. And so I, I really prided myself on being able to kind of balance those two things, um, still doing my job um, at hopefully uh, what is hopefully a high level. And, and then two, nurturing those, those relationships that I've developed because I wouldn't trade them for anything. Yeah. And I learned the same thing at J school. They say the same thing. I went to J school at uh, WT and um you know, you get out there and at first you're like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm going to yeah. you know, not get invested, but you know what? You can't hold your emotions. And, you know, it, it, even just covering high school kids, I mean, you, you interview them so many times and you build their trust. And then all of a sudden they're giving you hugs and crying when they lose in the playoffs. And it's like, okay, this is different than what I expected it to be. And you just kind of roll with it, but you also got to build those relationships and keep them. And that's, it's, it's so important. And you do, you've done a great job with it. And I want to talk about, uh, you know, with Adrian Beltre and I heard you on the radio, I think it was on Ben and skin. Um, uh, talking about Beltre and how, when he first got there, it was kind of hard for you to get in with him because he's got yeah. that rough exterior and he's got that uh, intimidating look. So talk about how that relationship built it and when you first met him and then all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, that one, that one took some time. Um, but you know what? It was the same way with Michael. Michael wasn't, I mean, he was, Michael was always the pro. He was always at his locker, but it, it, it took a while for, uh, for, for us to get past just baseball um, and for, for him to feel comfortable with me and, and, and vice versa. And so, you know, Adrian was similar. The thing that was different about Adrian was he, he was, he was very intimidating and it was, it was not intentional. That was just kind of, that's just his personality. Um, and he didn't talk every day to the media like Michael did. And so it was a different sort of process to develop that relationship. And, you know, it, it, and it happened just like any other, it may have just taken a little more time, um, you know, to where I could, I felt comfortable, you know, joking with them or telling them bad jokes or making cracks and whatever. And then, you know, just slowly over time, you know, he became more comfortable with me and I became more comfortable with him. And, um, you know, when you're in a clubhouse, like there's just so much jabbing, like, it's just like poke, poke, poke. And you just have to, you have to be able to, you, you can, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be a part of all that, you know, 
jackassery or whatever, if you don't want to, but like, for me, if, if I'm going to get these guys to, you know, loosen up and, and, you know, and be comfortable around me so that I can, you know, in turn show our viewers, you know, who they are off the field. Well, yeah, and luckily it, it fed, it fed into your personality because you like that shit, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I've had dude friends my entire life. I was raised by a man. My sister and I were raised by our dad. And so that to me, that was, that was fun. Like I, I, I like jabbing and if you're, I can dish it out and I can sure as hell take it. Um, and so it just, you know, once we got into that space, um, we developed a really good relationship and then I became really close with his wife and his kids and, um, really just, I just adore them as a family. I think, I mean, those, the Beltray children are some of the most respectful, well-behaved children I've ever, ever encountered. And to have that in, in a major league clubhouse, like when AJ would be in there and just they, I mean, they're just the best kids and they're just such a wonderful family. And it's like I've said before, I felt like a part of the Rangers organization I have for a long time, but with Adrian and Sandra, you, I felt like a part of the family. Like I felt like I just wasn't a part of the organization. I was also part of the family. And that to me is a, you know, that, and I've told Sandra and Adrian both this a million times that like, that's the, the biggest compliment I could give them or biggest, you know, sign of gratitude that I could give them as the way that they made me feel. And, and let's talk about pre world series run. Was there any other guys in, that you, you grew fond of prior to 2010? Oh gosh. I'm sure I know. I know there were, um, it's so hard to like Doug Mathis. Doug Mathis was a great, great dude. Um, who has, you know, obviously come back now is on our scene again. I mean, there were so many, um, I didn't really get close to a group until like probably, you know, eight and nine, um, Marlon bird, Nelly Cruz, uh, Marlon bird, loved Marlon bird, <laughs> Nelly. I mean, of course, how do you not love Nelly? Oh I yeah. Mean, best smile in baseball. I can't believe I forgot Nelly. Yeah. Nelson Cruz, of course. Um, I mean, Ron Washington, I mean, we still <laughs> stay in touch. I freaking adore that man. So yeah, I mean, there's a ton, I'd have to go through literally like every roster because everything runs together. But, um, I, I don't think, uh, I, I was terribly close with anyone, you know, before those like, you know, 2008, nine, 10 teams. Um, but wash was wash was just, he's I mean, wash. Yep. He is. He's watch. That's how baseball go. Yep. Um, all right. So you almost stepped away in 2015. And I know part of the story that I heard, I mean, I was working and I had to step away when, when you were talking about it, but um, a certain thing happened, I believe I'm just paraphrasing. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. A certain thing happened. I believe it was a Ruggie Odor walk-off home run and it kind of, and, and he said something to you after the game or, or whatever, yeah. and it kind of reset things. Yeah, it's well, so my dad had died that year and I thought I, I went into the season and had told the Rangers that it was I, I was going to step away after the, that season. And so we went through the entire year uh, and I was, you know, telling myself this, this is what I'm doing. I, you know, I told those close to me. And my, it was, oh, it was August or September, maybe it was August. And my mother-in-law texted me and she was like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And so it was a Sunday. I remember it was a day game on Sunday. And I was like, I'll be home. If you want to come over after I put the kids down, maybe around eight, whatever. 
So she comes over, we sit on the back porch and she basically was just like, I don't believe for one second you're ready to retire. You know, you're good at your job. You love it. Like, why are you doing this? And then she said, and plus, and this is coming from my husband's mom. She's like, do you really want to be on Mike's budget? Like, (laughs) so I started laughing and, you know, and it made, it made me think, but then by that time I was like, you know, we basically had already, you know, tried to kind of put the wheels in place for who would replace me, how that would look like I wanted to leave the Rangers in a good spot. And then um, I was just like, okay, but, you know, whatever. Great conversation. It did it was creeping into my mind. And then that next week, um, Rugi made a couple boneheaded plays um, during a game. And I remember he went back into the dugout, and Adrian's like slapping him on the head, and you know, Rugi's like tucking his tail between his legs because he screwed up. And then later in the game, he had like a RBI double to win the game, and it was total redemption. And so he did the interview with me post game on the field and he, it was the best interview he'd ever done. Like, cause he was still, in, she's still intimidated because of the English and he didn't feel very comfortable, but um, you know, he did great. And I was really, really proud of him. And um, so as we're walking off into the tunnel, I gave him a huge hug and I was like, I am so proud of you. That was the best interview you've ever done. And he was like, really Emmy. And I was like, Yes, it was. And I got like super emotional. And he's like, are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> and so after that, I was like, I, you know, it, he made me feel like, you know, because he was like, thank you so much for working with me and for helping me. And, you know, and to see him at that moment for me was like, man, I'm going to miss these moments. And I don't know that I'm ready to for them to be over. And so, and then I, then I changed my mind and we, we do one-year contracts. I have the opportunity, you know, it's my decision every year until they decide, I guess, but they, they leave it up to me every year. They don't make me sign a multi-year deal. They, they respect the fact that, you know, I'm kind of a season by season thing, to, you know, cause a lot goes on with kids and family and all that kind of stuff. So, but every year I've, I've come back and, um, this will be, like I said, 18th, 18th covering the team, the ninth season working for the team. Well, we hope there's 18 more, but I know life yeah. is good. Like, <laughs> like, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> um, so uh, this was a surprise question. These are some of the surprises I, I told you beforehand that I, last Rangers game that I was able to attend was in 2015. It was a beautiful Sunday in Arlington and uh, the Rangers were playing the Red Sox and Josh Hamilton hit a walk off two run oh, double and Prince and Prince fielders round and third and rumbling slides into home. They win. Everything goes crazy. And I got to witness something extremely special because we're walking out of the stadium after it's over. And then we all know the gay red bass that the, mm-hmm. the guys would play back then. So we're walking out and I'm like, hold on. Cause we could see you interviewing Josh after the game. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. we got to see if they, if they're able to dunk him. And I did not expect Rudy to come up behind you and give you the Gatorade bath. And so Elvis got Josh and then Ruggy got you. So talk about that moment. It was actually Robinson too. Robinson oh, was it Trinos. Was it Trinos? Yeah. It was another one I absolutely adore who will, I guarantee will be a manager someday and he'll be incredible. Um, yeah. I, you know, and people, there was so much like that thing went so viral so fast and then people kind of got on Elvis and like it wasn't just on Elvis and Elvis is texting like I'm so sorry I'm like it's fine it's not a big deal whatever <laughs> it was my, a very hot day it probably felt good it was my <laughs> only thing was like can you see through my dress because I was it was pretty light and um you know and the people were like you you couldn't get out of the way I was like listen I, I you know 
I, I don't mind the, the Gatorade bath, showers, Powerade, whatever it is. I'm now able to kind of get out of the way. So, and, and there never was like a, a concerted effort. I don't think to like to get me. Well, actually I knew there was, but I like they, we would always joke about it. Um, but I didn't think they would ever get me because they're always going for the guy and then I can see him coming. So the whole double thing really was brilliant on their part, um, <laughs> but totally threw me off. And I was completely in shock and I literally did not know what to do. Like, I'm like, should we, stop the interview and go off the air. I, I don't know what to do. And so my producer, Kurt Dykert was in my ear and he's like, keep going. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to keep going. And then Josh is like patting me with a towel and whatever. And it may, it, you know, people always ask about the Powerade bass and stuff. Cause that was kind of the shtick for a while. And, you know, some people would get tired of it, kind of annoyed by it. It's, it's old, it's over, it's tired, forget about it. And I'm like, my whole thing was, you know, even to the point where, to be honest, Fox was at that time was asking me to like, tell him to cut it back. And I'm like, let me tell you something. I'm not telling those guys what to, that's not my fucking, excuse me. That's not my place. (laughs) That is not my place to tell them how they want to run their celebrations or their clubhouse. That's not my, that's not my place. And I'm not going to do that. Um, But you know, people, you know, some people loved it. Some people were like, this is tired. And my whole thing was like, this is not it. It has nothing to do with, I have no control over this. And if this is the way those guys choose to celebrate, it's a long, long season. And if they want to celebrate by pouring Powerade on each other, I don't care. I would prefer not to be, you know, take it on full brunt like I did with Josh, <laughs> but it, that that's their thing. And you know what else? Now that we've not been very good and not won a whole lot of games recently, I'm like, bring it back and I'll take every one of them if that means we're winning. So yeah, I just that, but that has become that. That's it's part of my it's part of my identity at this point. <laughs> no, it was funny. Yeah, Josh, you know they gave you towels and you were able to kind of cover yourself up because, yeah, and 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 that dress uh, didn't you sell it for or not uh, put it up for auction? Was it do yeah. it for Durrett? Yep, the Do It for Dirt Foundation. We auctioned off. I think it's like fifteen hundred bucks or something ridiculous. Like, <laughs> um, but I guess it's. A, I mean, it is a. It's a one of a kind. It's a. It's a one of a kind. There will. There will did definitely you, never be another. Did you wash it before before putting I it did up? Not. Oh, did so not. everybody gets to smell. Oh yeah, Jones Bo and, and Gatorade. There you go. <laughs> Power. <Yep. laughs> All right, so we're winding down here. So. Uh, you are from Texas, obviously from West Texas, by the way, do you miss the West Texas wind? Cause it's blowing its butt off right now. I do not miss the wind. I miss the people. I love West Texas. I loved growing up there. Um, I loved spending the first half of my life there. Um, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it and that, you know, but you know, I don't miss that. I, 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 I should say that I don't, I love everything about West Texas except for the weather. <laughs> And really yeah. just the, when it's windy, that's the and worst. And going to Hereford, right? And going to Hereford because you smell the cows. <laughs> well, let's talk about Whataburger. What's your go-to Whataburger? Ooh, so I do a number one with cheese, no onions, dry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it the meal? You get the fries? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Water to drink, but I'll, I'll crush some fries. <laughs> Spicy or regular ketchup? Uh, I like a mix. Yeah, me too. Yep, you, yep, you, you, and uh, uh, Eric Nadell. Yeah, oh, nice, good. All right, so let's talk about you got the hat on. I know you're not wearing your plain view stuff, but you are repping the mom game. So, y'all had uh, Captain America Roger Staubach on the podcast. So, uh, talk about the mom game and how fun that's been because y'all just had your 100th episode, correct? 
100th episode with Roger Staubach. Roger, oh yeah, Roger Staubach. That's my cool. son, I named my son, my son's name is Trey Roger for a reason. Yeah. Yes. I went for I went for Troy Roger, but the, the there you go. There, yeah. Um, yeah. So Roger and his lovely wife, Marianne came on for our 100th episode. It's basically just Julie Dobbs and I, which if you're in the Dallas area, you probably know Julie from the ticket sports radio station. She and I teamed up a couple of years ago to start this podcast and really had no idea what we were doing or where it was going. And um, we just celebrated our 100th episode. It's been a blast. It's basically just you know, as two people who have a combined, you know, three and a half decades of sports experience, we kind of wanted a. there's not many female voices out here, especially in the DFW area. So we felt like this was kind of a niche where we could talk sports. We could give our perspectives on things and then just talk about our lives and being a mom and juggling everything. And, um, and the response is that we really do talk about everything. I mean, in our tagline is, you know, not just moms, not just sports, you know, it's, it's, it's everything in between there. Um, it, it's been a ton of fun. We'll literally open a bottle of wine, sit there and shoot the shit, um, you know, bring on guests. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's not just for moms. It's not just for sports fans. It really does. You know, we have a ton of, a ton of male viewers and we have a ton of female viewers. It's, it's I'm hard. one. There, thank you. Um, <laughs> so our, it's, we just felt like it was kind of, you know, it was a, a, it was a niche that wasn't being filled. And, um, it was something that we, you know, thought might be fun. And now it's, it's really taken off and, um, and we're totally digging it. Well, Emily, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you for joining us. And, and, and hopefully you get to enjoy a whole lot more, uh, success this year. I, my over under is 80 wins. We'll see what happens. Cause there's going to be the over. You're taking the over. I like it. I like yeah. it. There's going to be a whole lot more dishes coming once this damn thing ends and hopefully ends sooner rather than later and we don't lose any games. But Emily, again, uh, thank you very much. We enjoyed it. Um, and, and good luck and, and uh, keep taking care of them kids. I mean, you're, you're a damn good mom. Enjoy, oh, yeah. enjoy seeing some of the stories. They, well, thanks. They, they might disagree with you, but I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great one, Em, and go hurt. They, oh, come on. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.